good afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you're listening. My name's Nellie Thomas. This is... I'm Dave O'Neill. And Shane Lang. And this is... Up Your Class. And being every second Up Your Class, we have a special guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself, Steve? Yep, love to. Um, I'm Steve Allen. I'm a doctor at Peter Mac. I'm, do you want like more detail than that? Hang on. You are is that professor enough? What sort of doctor? Yeah, so I'm professor. I'm an honorary clinical professor at Melbourne Uni. Yes. I'm director of psychosocial oncology at Peter Mac, which is psychiatry, Jesus. social work, and... Um, Psychiatry, social yeah, so it's and psychology and music therapy. Hang on, oncology, so cancer. Yeah, so cancer yeah, yeah, at the yeah. cancer hospital. And I'm director of cancer experience research, which is all research to do with nursing, allied health, well-being, surviving cancer, psychology, obviously, et cetera, et cetera. You qualified. Are you, Reasonably. Are you a medical doctor <laughs> that then got other qualifications to become a psychologist? Psychiatrist. Yeah. So to become a, a shrink, a psychiatrist. You first study medicine, then you have to work for a minimum of really one or two years. You can get away with one, but no one does. And then you study psychiatry, which is about another five or six years. Mm. But it's like an apprenticeship. So you're at work, working in a hospital, but in the psych department, having exams and teaching each week. And that's what you did. Yeah, and then and then to become a scientist, so to become a professor, you then you have to do a doctorate. You can't be a professor without a doctorate. So you go on and do a master's degree. So my doctorate is, the title was, A Positron Emission Tomography Study of Benzodiazepine Receptors in Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder and Panic Disorder. Beautiful title. That's, it rolls that's, off the, that's the same one I did. Yeah, <laughs> what did you call it for short? <laughs> Benzos. Yeah, I get the benzo. Yeah. I get that part it's of a, it. It was essentially looking at how drugs like Valium attach say, to receptors in the brain in different anxiety disorders. PTSD. Yep. Okay, yep. You, like you could treat me right now. The study yes. was a load of. It didn't really work. It was no. essentially a load of crap because it was done early Valium in the development. Work. No, no, it was the technology. Right. So we we're using this incredible new scanner, but it was in the first five years of this new scanner, and a lot of the technology really improved in later decades, which rendered my doctorate probably not that useful. But that doesn't matter because it's doctor either way. But it, yeah, and also you Double do doctor. a doctorate to learn about science. The actual, yeah. you know, only about one in a thousand doctorates probably advanced science. The rest just teach you how to be a scientist. Right. So, but is there a difference in um, um, how Valium affects PTSD? <laughs> so we're, we're really interested in the benzo In my part. study there was, but I don't think it, it turned out to be valid because of all the technological problems. <laughs> and yep, can right. we come back to that? Because we've, we're remiss. Shane, you know. We've got a quiz. We, oh. Now, Steve doesn't know this. Yeah, but we shouldn't be talking to you yet. We shouldn't be talking to you yet because <laughs> the reason we started this podcast cool. is that we want to have working class voices in the public arena and we think that most media is dominated by the middle class so we will only let you on as a guest if you pass our working class test is there a score because i'm very competitive you only have to get to five consent you only have to get to five and shane is our you only get five questions (laughs) and he we've got ten oh yeah and he chooses which ones to ask okay go shane pass five all right um, do you regularly eat rissoles, camp pie, spam, <laughs> and or sweet and sour pork? Imagine having 15 PhDs and they ask yeah. that. And, you know, there's, there's a cafe. <laughs> I one? mean, people won't know this, though. There's a cafe just down the road from where we are right now, and it's your classic cafe that you walk in and you know that this is a cafe that has working-class roots. You know, the... Ev- yeah. And, oh, yeah. I'll How eat any of them, though. How do you Beef? Working-class background. Who made all of my food? Your mum. Mum. Okay. Mum. Okay. You are uh, 55, but... Sure. I want to find out where this was cafe your, is. Was your twenty first in a family chain restaurant, a free venue, backyard, or a barn? Do you None of the above. Where was it? Sister's house. 
Oh, oh my sister was yeah. So she was. Yeah. Um, she rented this amazing apartment in this old derelict mansion, and we had it there. It was fantastic. Yeah, we saying Ooh. you didn't hire yeah. out a ballroom. Oh no, yeah. no. Or have it in a hotel. Yeah. Um, have That's you ever worked in a factory shop or building site? Factory, factory shop, shop or, or building, building site. site. I reckon I get. So I, I reckon I get a yes, but. Um, it was working as a money counter for Maine Nicholas oh. every Christmas holidays. And so you sat in like a sweatshop <laughs> with about a hundred other people. What's Maine Nicholas? Maine Nicholas is a security form. They're now Armagar. Oh, so they used That's to go and collect all the money from all the, the cash. Shop. And yeah. then it was, you know, lots of extra work around Christmas. And so you'd sit in this big hall, go down Counting and grab money. a huge tin of money every once in a while. And you'd count it, take about half an hour to count it and check that the receipt in it matched the you money. You could be all one day. of those gifts. Yeah. Like just flicking the money. Yeah. Any, I counted money for I counted money for about yeah. five years as a job. Any robberies or? Um, well, no, not that I only did that over Who's summer. But I worked at the races <laughs> from sixteen. So I started working the at the races. Oh, yeah, totally oh no, the races yeah. are very yeah, yeah and very that was essentially a, a money counter there too. Yeah, TAV. Yeah, Has anyone in your family done time or been arrested? <laughs> <laughs> um, been a, I mean, lots of people get arrested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I would better not no give right details, but yes, to <laughs> arrested. Yes, will do. Yes, uh, more than once. Um, and done time, I don't think... Not even Judy. I don't know if anyone's oh, done time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Arrested's enough. Four yeah. out of four. Yeah. Did you go to a public school? Yeah. Okay. But he went really? to... Oh, but you went to... You're interesting because you went to Melbourne High. Yes, I did. Is Melbourne High is considered a public school. Well, it's an but it's yeah, an exclusive it school. Um, school for. It's trying to be yeah. private. Let's. But if you're in the catchment area, you get in anyway, don't you? You can get in three ways. When I went there, you could either do an exam, you could be recommended by your principal, yeah. or you could be in the catchment area. Yeah. And I don't know what it is these. I think these school? days it's, it's all exam. Yeah. So I, when I started primary school in the Pines in Frankston, in you know, in the um, local primary. Then yeah. I then we moved and I went to East Malvern Primary School yeah. and I stayed there till. Form two, you know, year eight. Mm. Yep. It was a central school. They went to year eight, and then Melbourne High. The last four years. So you're Frank oh. boy. Yeah. Originally, and what's what did your parents do? What do they do? What's, so what's your the pi- the Pines for people that I know is a very working class area. Well, Pines was a yeah. um, housing commission suburb. Yeah, famous. It was basically, yeah, it was built by famous. It was any yeah, it was housing commission back in the, its day. It's still there. Days. It's still there. Uh. Still Were got you lots of problems. Home? Yeah, well, it was housing commission, so everyone yeah. was back then. But then it was a different model to today. You know, yeah. these you know these days you rent housing commissions. Yes. Back then they basically built new suburbs like people still do, and the housing commission owned it, and they sold you the book, and you essentially paid rent, but it came off the ownership yes. of it, My and you pulled did out. That. You, you know, so you yep. maybe paid you whatever fifty bucks a week, and they'd pull out um, a fifty buck voucher, and they'd be yep. recorded. And then at some stage we sold the book. My dad sold the book. Oh, really? And yeah, so you sold the book, which was. Someone would say, okay, this house is now worth $10,000 and you've paid off $3,000. It's still got seven to go. They'll pay you $7,000 for the book. So we sold the book and then we moved up, largely because my parents decided we needed to get out of the pines. And we moved up to uh, live with my grandparents for a year or two until we could afford to rent. Then we rented for a year or two and then my dad bought a house. That sounds like a very working class. It's a good system. And mum mum, um, worked. What did they do? Well, everyone in the family worked at the races. We all did. Um, at the trots. On and off, everything we worked at. Back in the day, it wasn't TAB, it was the tote. 
Yes. And then yes. the TAB bought the tote. And yep. so now on course betting's TAB. And so we just go to all of them. So we'd do a, you know, we'd often yeah. do a du- what we call a double header. We'd do the races during the day and the trots at night. Yeah. Um, if you're really desperate, you'd do the dogs on Monday night, but that was for the needy and the greedy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> oh, there was a hierarchy. Oh, there's a hierarchy in racing. What's yeah. that? Do you still enjoy yeah. a flutter? Well, you know, fun. No. Um, in my family, about half have got the gambling bug and half haven't. Or bug? I'd call it, I'm being polite when I say bug. A lot of them, my grandmother, for example, just gambled every cent every week. week. We'd go to the races and she'd, You'd get paid at the start of the day back then too. So you'd get paid at the start of the day. And my grandfather used to pop by normally at race two and say, uh, say uh, Rosie, you know, give us your housekeeping for the, you know, and she'd yeah. put in, you know, 10 bucks towards housekeeping. And even by race two, she'd often have lost her money and she'd yeah. come running up to one of us because there's a whole family was there. Going, Stevie, 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 loan me $10. Gramps is coming. Quick, oh loan me 10 bucks oh and I'll pay you back. And uh, so and my dad was win. like that. One of my sisters was like that. When they had Windsor, of course, they'd just give it all away. Yeah. She, she, if she had a big win, she'd she just jump in the car at the end of the day, go to all the houses. Yeah. There was 13 grandkids, five families, and she'd just dish out all dish the money. So the she'd money. still never keep it. Oh, so she could borrow, yeah. back, borrow but, it again. But so. then the other half <laughs> were like me, just, I, I can't stand gambling. I yeah. just can't stand losing money. I, the thought of I had to work an hour for that and I'm going to lose yeah, it totally. just blows yeah. my brain. So what did your dad do? He was a gambler, but he gave up strictly at 27. I mean his job. Oh, so he, um, <laughs> early <laughs> on, <laughs> early on, I think he did various Clark jobs and then when he was in his 20s, decided he needed to do something. One of his mates wanted to become an accountant and go to night school. So he just went to night school, became an accountant, then worked as an accountant for the tax office till he was about 30, 32. He's in the 60s? He's now 84. Okay. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, back then. And then he quit to become an actor. And so most of my life he was an actor. He was an actor? Yeah, by the time I was about seven, he was an actor. What's his name? Cliff Allen. Oh, Cliff Allen. Yeah. Yeah, that's, he's famous. That is very unlike. So he was on things like Neighbours and like Cracker Jack. He was a Cracker Jack. He was a guy with, who died of cancer in Cracker Jack. Yeah. And, uh, and so you're an oncology psychiatrist. That's fascinating. Yeah, but yeah, that's I didn't really get into but the oncology. So, and how late. many siblings? Two. So I've got one who's 13 months older, who I you know essentially grew up with, and then one who came along eight years later. Okay. And so she's like the little sister, you know, still. No. I'm, I'm looking at Shane Googling. Are you Googling Wikipedia Cliff page. Allen? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to go. But I want to know, like you clearly, like, I mean, you're working class credentialed. That's you are fully, uh, fully working class. Fully, fully WC. Yeah. How the friggin' hell do you go from the pines to becoming a professor of anything, let alone a doctor? And not to say that working class people are stupid because we've all got similar, but it's a big, it's a long way to go from... How to Professor of Psychiatry? Yeah. And you know what? See, that's it, Melbourne High. I'd say is the yes. is the key. So the education. Yeah, it, actually it was is it was the Melbourne High because I, you know, was mind you, I did pretty well it, by the end of primary school. I think that the teachers had picked up that I was reasonably bright and but good at maths. If you were a generation prior, say like my yeah, parents no were chance. very bright, but no chance. Yeah. But, so and also, you know, the other thing, of course, is Gough Whitlam and free education. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was the other big factor because back then change. too, some yeah. of my mates um, who came from similar backgrounds, their parents used to take out like an insurance. Mm. It was like um, you'd start paying for your kid at birth so that you could yes. afford for them to go to university 18 yeah. years later. Yeah. And so a few of them had that. Some people still do. Yeah. And so the chances of us going to uni back then, there was an, a, a strong scholarship system. So maybe I would have got a scholarship, but the chances, you know, were still slim. And that's why when I went to medicine, 
you know, um, I think it was 80% were from private schools mm. and even of the kids who were from government schools still most came upper from the yeah, upper yeah. side. There wasn't many people the who were genuinely... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was from Melbourne High or Uni High or one of those yeah. highs. Did any of your siblings go to uni? No, I think... People used to say that I was the first in the whole family to go to uni, but one of my cousins on my mum's side, who was more middle class, they were a bit wealthier, she'd gone to a Catholic school, my mum. Did she um, have a pool? I don't think they had a pool, but they lived in Caulfield. Okay. Nice. Did they have AC? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and, um, AC. yeah, and so they... Um, you know, she'd gone to a girls' Catholic school, okay. and uh, and one of my aunt, one of my cousins, I think, who's older than me, went to uni. But I think she went after me, so I still think I was. But where did you? I mean, emotionally, conceptually, because I remember the moment where it occurred to me that I could go to uni because it's not something in working class families that is assumed. No, that it you wasn't, may even get it wasn't an option. For me, yeah. No, but I did did it as a mature age student. Yeah, but it wasn't something you wouldn't have grown up thinking, oh, mate, Shane Lang is going to go to uni. No, yeah, starting year 12, I was c- convinced it was my last year of school. Yeah. yeah. Our parents hadn't that. been, so they didn't know the concept no. of it. No. So how did you, how was the idea planted, not just to go to uni? Yeah, was it you or your parents? Medis- do I don't medicine. think it was ever considered that we wouldn't stop. Did it take to go your bride? <clears throat> no, I think it was my dad, probably, okay. although I can say that because my mum's dead. But um, so she won't get mad. Rest in peace. But um, um, yeah, but I think it was my dad. that was always. I don't ever remember a time thinking that we wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to uni. Oh, see, that's so interesting. different too. I don't ever remember because yeah. even Is you know, like you're, you're in seventies Whitlam at, at yeah. the yeah. Free, Maybe too, it was free. Yeah, free. Yeah, and I re- like Thanks I remember off. key bits though. You know, like I remember. At, towards the end of school, the teacher's calling up my parents and saying, Steve's got a lot of potential, but he's disorganised. You know, I think these days I would have got called ADHD. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And back then they said, he's got a lot of potential, but he needs to get organised. Have you he always needs to... spoken this fast? Yeah, always. Always. Yeah, ever since I was born. Interesting, because your dad is quite laconic, isn't yes. he, by oh, yeah. memory of him in films and stuff? He's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. That happens. I annoy all of them. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. 100 miles They an hour. all say, I just, Ed, I never stop talking. And do they, are yeah. they... Um, now I'm going to slow down because I'm self-conscious. One of the key questions we ask is, you know, given you were one of the first, if not the first in your family to go to uni, were they proud, jealous, indifferent, baffled? Like, what was their... Oh, well, how did they cope with you? 100% proud. Oh, yeah. lovely. Oh, you just oh, constantly. I, I would, you know, to the degree that it was a bit annoying because, you know, I'd hear my mum but just boasting constantly. But did do they, they all do, turn oh, up to your graduation? Your, yeah, do they come to your graduation or do you get any shit for old Steve and his book no, learning? No, None of that? never, ever, oh, ever, ever, ever. I'm giving your family round of applause. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't right. ever recall. Mind you, I'm often oblivious to other people, which is so good as a psychiatrist. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So it's quite possible they were and I didn't notice. But, okay. Um, I never noticed it. No, mind you, my dad's not big on all that stuff. He never comes to any. Like he wouldn't. He didn't come to my book launch. He didn't. I yeah. think he came to my graduation. Never turns up to any. Never turned stuff. up to an event. Even as a kid. And he even but says these day it. though. But oh he's yeah. An actor. He's an yeah. Actor. He doesn't go to openings and. No, but he says it's like. He says that is just his background. He said, "Dad's." I've talked to him about it because he mm. sees me go to all my son's events. Mm. He sees me go to every sporting event, even when he trains. You know, if he's blowing mm. his nose, I'll turn up and take a photo. And um, my dad says it was just in his day. We just, a father never went to their kids' stuff. I never even thought, he says, I just didn't think of it growing up. Yeah, I didn't think that now, I'd go dad, and watch. Your book came out last year, Mental, with Catherine Devaney. Yeah, well, um, mind you, he's got an excuse. He, doesn't, he lives in Rye and he doesn't want to travel up to Melbourne. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, and he's 80-something. My yeah, father didn't show any interest in anything I did till I started playing sport and then he was there. 
Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did Part he of our class, problem. though, he was just disinterested. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, yeah. as a person. But I don't think he was that atypical of No, I don't either. No, I don't think. I don't think the dads did. Even I remember the footy club growing up. You know, it was mainly, again, the dads who had a lot of time on their hands who, you know, mm. who would come. Or who were really invested in sport. Yes, who loved to play themselves. Of, I mean, Shane's not sporty. I don't know if you've picked that up. He's not a sporty No, dude. no, I was you I actually, forced myself to be sporty. Yeah. You, you, I know this is a visual comment, but you look like the sportiest person in the he room. He does look He does, so doesn't he? <laughs> Hey. <laughs> no offence to the other. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I was a BMX champion, I'll have you know. Oh, you're powder puff. I'm the only elite sports person in this room. Oh, wait a second. I've represented Australia. Nicole Kidman modelled herself yeah. on the national. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. <laughs> what BMX level did you get in BMX? I wrote, you know I was a BMXer too. I was under 13 state girls champion. That's pretty good. Thank you very much. I had a red line. Favourite movie, BMX fan. Absolutely. I've never well, seen it. It was. It's it, not anymore. We've talked about BMX before because it was a kind of a working class pursuit. Yeah, we were kids. He was quite good. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can I? uh, I feel like I'm asking all the questions. Can I ask one more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I think it's something to ask. I want to know when is your first like conscious memory of of class consciousness? Like, do you go to uni and go, oh shit, I'm not like everyone else, or does it come later, earlier? Or do you say bloody hell? Yeah, bloody hell. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. That's a hard one. I don't ever remember. Look, and actually, that's. I was going to say I don't remember growing up. That's not true. So now that I think of it, so when we grew up, my mum's best friend was her sister, Mm. Anne. And Anne was married to Brian, and and Brian's cousin was wealthy. So Mm. we would go away on holidays every year. At least we'd go to Queensland, you know, Gold Coast in you know September school holidays, and we'd go to Yarrawonga at Christmas because my uncle had a boat. And my uncle a was boat. yeah. Well, he was He's more. Rich well, he was moderately rich, okay. and his cousins were very rich. Okay. So the three families would go, and so when we'd go up to the Gold Coast, obviously we'd drive up. You know, the two day trip in the car yeah, of a couple of times, and they'd all fly. <laughs> we'd stay at Burley Heads. They'd stay in a big fancy place at um, Surface, which, if people remember, Surface back then was the Luca, which these days is considered cheap. But so back they then, stayed in a hotel. Yeah, yeah they would cheesy, stay in a yeah, fancy place. Yeah. yeah, in Surface, and even when we, we when we went to Yarrawonga, you know, of course, we'd turn up in our normal car and da 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 da, and we'd all share. They'd have a few rooms, so the kids had a separate room. My uncle had a boat. His cousins who were really rich, drove Mercedes. Um, and, and they so all had to be as far away from each other yeah, as possible. Well, and I remember the big tells are that you call people rich and comment on the Mercedes, which yeah. you know, people with money would no, never do. Right. I remember that's once, right. I have this really vivid memory once, where um, when I was around about 10 or 12, we'd gone to a Luca, this fancy apartment, to visit these people who were rich. You know, that we were all friendly and you know, yeah, there was yeah. no sense of any class distinction. But I remember saying to the mum, wow, this place is so flash. And she thought I said plush, and she laughed and said, oh, no, it's not. And I remember saying to my mum, well, I remember saying to my mum afterwards, what did she mean? Because she said, oh, plush, no, it's not. I said, what does plush mean for a start? And why did she say it's not? And mum said, oh, you know, and I remember her explaining to me, oh, you know, honey, by their standards, that's not fancy. this is a step down. Yeah, and and I remember sort of thinking, wow, you know, that's (laughs) not fancy. <laughs> and this is forty five yeah. years ago. Yeah, and you st- and you still remember that yeah. level of detail. That's yeah, very little bits like that stick in your head. With with your own child, you've got one kid, haven't you? Who's an mm. adult now? Here's two. Um, have you uh, reminded him of? I have this uh, thing with my own kids where I try and tell them about their working class roots because they're firmly middle class. Uh, you give them party pies and Fanta is what you're saying when Karen's not looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, 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 and smack them occasionally. Also, my grand, <laughs> my parents are still alive, so they yeah. they do hang out with uh, Joyce and Kev a bit, and they talk to Dad, particularly about 
the boys are interested about his time in, in the you know he was in the Vietnam War and stuff yeah. and so they all ask him questions about that but do you remind your son because because part of um, I think your parents were similar to mine that my parents were aspirational and that they didn't they couldn't have private schools weren't a thing when I was growing up they wouldn't mm-hmm. you wouldn't it was the tech or the high or Catholic school if you're a Catholic but now it's a thing I've noticed with uh, people that come from a working class background they do I was talking to this guy on the weekend at a plumbing conference mm-hmm. who went to the <laughs> local Catholic school yeah, <laughs> to do stand up and he's like um, you, you, you couldn't you couldn't get a more working class bloke yeah. and I, then I'm always intrigued I go so where where did you send your kids to yeah. school? And he goes, ah, Caulfield Grammar. I was just about to I'm say like, what yeah. Caulfield yeah. Grammar? But it's a thing amongst a, a working class people. Just as background for you, Steve, that I think Shane and I both had non-aspirant. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you, it sounds like you two had well, your yeah. parents had aspirant, yeah, a definitely. different life for yeah, their definitely, kids. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you connect your son to? Is it important to connect um, him? No, I don't. Think it is. I didn't really care what school he went to, although. Oh, my, sorry, I meant to oh. working class. What? Yeah, yeah. Do oh, so you remind him of his working question. class? Do I try and remind? I'm in two yeah. minds, and I'm ambivalent about it. So yes, I try to, but I also think that sometimes it's just a wank. That you know, how can I explain to him something that is so foreign? Because mm. my ex-wife's um, comes from a wealthy family, oh, and she's okay. a surgeon, mm. and so you know, when he comes to my place, and I'm wealthy now by mm. my family mm. standards, by doctor standards, I'm still not that wealthy, but by yeah. my family standards, by I'm a billionaire. You are. And yeah. um, so when it comes to, so he has a luxury life when he's at my place, yeah. and like a triple luxury life when he's at his mum's place. So I sort of think, um, part of me thinks it's bullshit, but I can't stop myself at times. Did he buy his but, own first car? No, so he's had. Yeah. Everything handed to him. Went Does to a private school. Uni? We pay for everything. Yeah. We pay for his car. And you how know, do you sit down and go, hey, yeah. we couldn't pay the electricity bill? But he's, like, you know, I still strongly encourage him. He's had a job since um, he's been working part-time, really only since he finished school. But, you know, worked yeah. solidly in mm. a restaurant a couple of nights a week, mm. every, you know, uh, every week for three years. And he has another part-time job. Does he job. understand his privilege? Yes, yeah, I think he did, does, but probably not fully. But does he? He must hang out with Cliff though a little bit. He must see your dad yeah, a bit, but, you know. And my dad comes. You know, my dad looks. He can't mistake him from being working class. But he's yeah. got money now. Um, I'm assuming. No, no. My dad lives in a little. Like, he's an actor. You know, he lives <laughs> yeah. in a, literally yeah. a two-bedroom oh. unit in Rye. Okay. Um, so and he lives off the pension. Okay. But he knows if he wants something, he can always just ask for it. But he never does. I mean, like mm. I paid for him to go overseas once. About that five years ago, I. He, I, I Wanted him to come overseas with me, and he's like, ah, I'm not going on the plane. And uh, so I said, I'll, I'll pay for you to go business class. And so oh, I gave I him, so I gave him like, awesome. um, I, I went economy, but he went business. But then I'm not, I'm, I don't need long seats for um, because I'm lucky height wise. Um, lucky, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and but you know what, I did I like, I gave him five grand to buy, yeah. you know, like an Emirates sum um, or whatever it was back then, a cheap business class seat, and he he essentially. Then the next day, gave my sisters two grand yeah, each. I did. still bitch about this, yeah, yeah. and I say to him, "You know, don't. Yeah. Are you allowed to swear in this? You know, yeah, don't yeah, fucking ask are. me for money, Dad, because last yeah. time I gave you money, you just gave it to yeah. the girls. Guess what? Oh, really? Yeah. You've got to give and then let go. Steve. Yeah, no. That's what he says. <laughs> he says they're independent right. events. Exactly but did you? Right. Did he go overseas? Yeah, he came over. We went to Greece. He just went Greece. economy yeah. and and said I didn't no, need that. Yeah, I think he still went business. Actually, I can't remember, but that pissed me off. I was very frugal then. Yeah. Yeah. No cool. Your Go son's on. morals, like they're important. Like, is he a grounded kid or is he, would, would he, you know, I, I beat up is, homeless people it's... under the bridge? <laughs> he's twenty-one, though. Oh, yeah, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> sorry, he's still yeah, a kid. He's still a kid. <laughs> yeah, isn't he, really. I, I think he is. I think he's really grounded. But um, you he know, understands again, it's hard to that know. he's been given. 
And it's early days. He's yeah, only that's 21. What I was at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's 21. That, but he's been yeah. given advantages. I think he does, but he'll. I don't think he'll ever understand it like no. someone who's actually lived it. But I mean comparative. It. Like, he must have a lot of wealthy friends, for example. Yes, all of his friends are Comparative to the other kids that or kids, young adults that he's hanging around with. Do you think he's got more of a sense because of your background or has he really kind of been shielded from it? He's been more shielded. More shielded. The, see, also, I, I don't... honesty. But I don't hold yeah. it with a lot of strength. Like, mm. um, you know, I think private school, for example, certainly in primary schools, a complete and utter waste of time. And in high schools, 95% a waste of time. So why did he go? Because um, his mum wanted him to, and I didn't really give a shit. Um, because yeah, right. as long as he got a good education, I didn't care. And he was going to get a good education either way. Mm. Um, and she was felt it was really important. And I, um, as, l- as long as, you know, it wasn't something that, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. Let's go mm. back to dating since you raised your ex-wife and I'm trying to set you up with someone. Um, <laughs> common People, one of our favourite songs. I am, shame won't let me You mean Pulp's Common thing. People? Pulp's yeah. Common People. Yeah. So were you the rough trade? Like you would have been one of the only working class boys in... In uh, Melbourne Uni, we Melbourne Uni. You know what? Though? You I don't married think, a surgeon. Yeah, but um, she was a, obviously a medical student. But did back she then. go? Oh, hello! This this boy's not like the others. Was she no, a tourist? I don't think. Um, I think yeah, I, was she a tourist? Is what I don't think. I, I think no. I don't think. I don't think so. I think I blend in really well to any you know, situation. I reckon I'm a chameleon. His accent's very, very educated. educated. Yes, which is a nice way of saying yes. class. Whereas when I hear your dad's voice, he's he's very working class, isn't your dad, Cliff? He's an very, well, he's but an actor, then, though, isn't he, yeah. I suppose. You're right. And, but then, yeah. you know, we left the Pines when I'm six or yeah, so. Yeah. And then we went and lived in East Malvern. Yeah, sure, we lived with my grandparents and then we lived in yeah. a little flat and stuff. Yeah. But I was still surrounded. Mind you, it was pretty still working class back then. Like, yeah. our choice after Melbourne High was essentially Caulfield Tech. And about a third went to Caulfield Tech. Some went to John Gardner, which became Hawthorne High. But it was, you know, so... Yeah. And then the kids who got recommended by the principal went to Melbourne High, which was about three of us or two of us. Oh. All right. How about principal's recommendation? Some, some might have done... we done the exam. I don't know. Are... And I want an answer. I'm not an equivocal oh. one. Are working-class doctors with working-class backgrounds better? Swings and roundabouts. It mm. definitely swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Because the thing that... We've, we've got a, a little bit of a head start because we're good with people. So nearly all the working-class kids have had jobs, whereas most mm. of the private school kids have never done a part-time job. And had to deal never. with different types of people. Yeah, and they can't... Sp- and the patients mm. in the public system in particular mm. are all oh, working-class, yeah, largely. Yeah. And so the ones from the um, private school backgrounds, you can see they're just uncomfortable. Mm. They're just... And it took them years they're to get judgy. good at communicating. You know, if you think of your stereotypical, yeah. like your patient comes in who's got missing teeth, or who, you know, is drink, putting coke in their baby's toddler well, bottle. Yeah, everything's or attributed to the fact that they smoke. Attribu- everything's <laughs> to do with the fact that they smoke. Are they more judgy? Well, the, it's them and us. You know, yes. they've never been on, they've never experienced a lot of that stuff. So th- yeah. they, they, they you can see the they're trots. just not as comfortable and the patients don't warm to them. You know, I can walk into a room because, you know, you've worked with people your whole life. So you can mm. walk into any, of mm. any working class environment and get along. Mm. But the, and so I think they struggle, but they all learn. So and then aren't you saying, yeah. yes, they are better? Yeah, no, but then the flip side is mm-hmm. I think it took me a hell of a lot longer to um, learn about how hospitals work and the hierarchy and power yeah. and structures. Standing up to the... Yeah. Feeling comfortable. So, you know, like yeah. we went to restaurants as a kid, but, you know, we went to cheap restaurants on a Sunday night, you know, yeah. whereas... And I'd never met a professor in my whole life. I didn't... When I started medicine, I didn't know what a specialist was. I no. thought you were a doctor or a nurse. Yeah. I didn't know what a specialist was. They all knew. You know, a lot yeah, of them yeah, had already yeah. decided I was going to be a haematologist. I'm going to be a pathologist oh, wow. like Dad. And they had met professors. Or podiatrist. Yeah. Well, I'd never spoke to a professor, though. <laughs> They're not real doctors. No, they, 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 they wanted to get into medicine. Yeah, right? yeah, um, 
Um, but they, so they were way more comfortable. Like I wouldn't have asked a question of a, of a tutor or something like that yeah, probably yeah, yeah. for three, four years. Did you feel the imposter? No, but I just felt uh, nervous. You weren't good with hierarchies. I felt nervous. Mm. And even in the hospital in the early years. Also, I got paranoid a lot. So if things didn't go my way, I thought that they were were, um, picking on me or Mm. um, disadvantaging me. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think that was true. Yeah. Like, I remember, you know, one time we were doing assignments together and me and, you know, this other kid who I did the assignment with, you know, we did the identical assignment. You're meant to. It wasn't cheating. But you handed them in and they got corrected. Ours were identical. He got marks. like an A and I got like a C. What? what? The f- you know, and Secret you know, class. But it was just, you know, I could tell, oh. you know, he they was assumed to be there. smarter. Yeah. Did he you was contest? good looking. No, I went up and complained. Um, but of course, you know, they just, you always complain. And it was, which is true, I always did complain. What about was the rationale? Was it like the, your handwriting or something? It was like, was it done you know, in handwriting or computer? Like I, I can't even remember. It was just like, yeah. take it and leave it. You know, take it and bugger off. Um, and so I think you did notice. There's something else I was going to say related to the original question. I forgot. Well, it's similar to when we introduced um, um, Dennis Glover. He yeah. said that yeah. when he went to, was it Mentone Grammar? We got a scholarship, a cricket scholarship. Yeah. And uh, he was accused of cheating, wasn't he? Yeah, because they didn't believe they didn't he was believe that he, smart. Yeah, he was well, that you get paranoid because you just suspect that there's a lot of... Um, of nepotism going on and there is in medicine in any profession there's a lot and like for example I remember a classic example was when we were getting our offers which hospital we'd go to which depended Mm. a bit on your marks and other things and I wanted to go to one particular hospital and we were overseas I was overseas with my girlfriend Um, yeah I wanted to go to St V's at the time Mm. and everyone had got letters for their offer of St V's except me and my girlfriend's dad um, was a senior doctor at St V's and I assumed that it was basically him um, had stopped me from getting Vetoed. in and I was furious for about a week and I'm going this is so fucking typical you know there's just bloody you know it's jobs for the boys it's yada yada and I was being paranoid um, and then it turned out that I'd written the wrong address on my um, application and when the le- proper letter the letter actually came through the mail a week late by the time they'd oh, realised you know it, there'd been none and do you know what I mean so you get paranoid yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you were conscious right. of it then Sometimes obviously yeah. yeah, yeah, you get paranoid. You have to check yourself. And I find that with everything. Whenever you're a part of any minority group, um, if things don't go your way, naturally mm. you are forced to ask, is this because I'm a part of a minority mm. group? And working class back then in medicine mm. was a minority group. And so, and that you get a double banger. Not only do you get the disadvantage of not having access to nepotism, mm. but you get the double banger of being paranoid, paranoid and then getting angry about the system when often it's not. Um, discrimination that's at play. And it's people su- telling you you're paranoid. Yeah. Surely medicine and law are still very much dominated by the middle class. Though. Medicine's improved a bit. Law hasn't. Oh, it's still dominated. Though. Yeah, oh, you'd reckon. Yeah. You'd reckon. I mean, oh, when I did... I did come through. Like, teaching was working class. Uh, when I did teaching, there was teaching a lot of working class. working class aspirant where I was. So yeah. If you were trying to get... Nursing. Above working class, yeah. you'd go into nursing. I'd Truck driving, that was working class. That was working class. That's well paid Well, anything, anything at TAFE was working class, basically. But any... Um, even all the kids who come from working class backgrounds over there, like me, they either went to a Melbourne High equivalent yeah. or both yeah. mum and dad. This is the other really common one. Mum and dad both worked second job to yep. pay for me to go to Scotch. That yeah. sort of story. Right. Yeah, or yeah. to pay for me to go to one of the mid-level private schools. That's the schools. taxi driver we yep. were talking about. And there's a lot of them. 100 hours yeah. a week. For yeah. 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 So That's the guy I met at the plumbing conference. Yeah. yeah. He sends his kids to call for yeah. grammar. And there's yeah. tons yeah. of them now. Tons of them. Oh, yeah. Bo- as I've said before in this podcast, Bogans love private schools. Yeah. They love them. They they absolutely do. do. They see it as aspirational. Absolutely. And why wouldn't you? That's what you sold. Yeah. And you, the inbuilt into that is the idea that um, the assumption that inequality is okay. 
I've seen like the supplement assumption in it that your kid will advance over others if you pay. I've seen this thing in the Sunday Age. Yeah, there's ads and stuff, and it says my kid can be a genius. Well, don't forget yeah. a, a fair whack of the working classes out there vote um, for conservative governments. Yes, all there the was a time. Yeah. There would have well, been a did. time when the working class, if you'd sat down with my extended family and put it like that, if you'd said, if you pay, your kids will have an advantage over other kids, and then they'll get ahead, and the other ones won't. Yep. They would have gone, that's absolute bullshit. Mm. Whereas now, they go, I think I'll, pay. Great. I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay. They're still. That's a my big dad shit. said to me uh, just on Sunday morning. He was saying, saying to me, one of my cousins votes liberal, and he was saying it with such a look of disdain. Yeah, you know, you, I heard she votes liberal. And it was like, you know... Is he a Labor man or is he oh, through and through union. Labor? Union, union Labor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good old Cliff. Is, uh, now, you have got your book out, Mental, with um, Catherine Devaney, and you also did one of my favourite shows on TV this year, and I've now forgotten what it's called. But How Mad Are You? How Mad Are You on SBS, which is good reality TV, and you should check it out on Catch mm. Up. Is it going to be a second season? No, no, one season only. What? I believe. Oh, I'm I don't think it was ever planned to be anything oh, more no, than one. I'm, I'm I think they'll probably. Yes. I think um, the, they'll do something else, but it'll be different. But it, it'll have some things in common, I suspect. I don't can know. I, can yeah, I ask just a question there? Because you're like an expert on the mind. Do you think about your own mind much? I reckon if I'd studied what you studied, yeah, I'd be lying in bed going, self-analyzing. I'd be like self Yeah, You can't help it. And in fact, you know, it's the disease of medical students that they all become hypochondriac. Everything you study, you think you've got. So I think I've got cancer about once every five hours. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And uh, mental health problems. Yeah, I, I could diagnose myself with everything. I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, you're a narcissist, do, you're yes. this, you're that. Well, yeah. let me, and this is one of the reasons that I want to get Steve on and one of the reasons I'm a big admirer. In his book Mental with Catherine, Steve actually talks about his own, I think it's so cliche. Struggle. Struggle, battle. Journey. With Journey. depression. Yeah. And the reason I love that is because so few people in your position of power, and it is a position of power to have the job that you have and media exposure and so on, are prepared to be vulnerable. And to actually, everyone talks about let's destigmatize mental health and the footballers and mm. the whole thing, and very few of them go, yeah, and I have that too. And I love that They're you starting do that. To, though. Not many in Steve's position. There's no, very professional... It's a few footballers. Yeah, but the no, footballers, the have footballers have been doing well. it. This is one of the things that but shits me up the wall. Won't. Because the footballers have now been doing it 10 to 15 years and you still... Where are the professionals? won't. Mm. Um, another doctor came out this week and talked about his suicide attempt. But he's, even then, though, which was an amazing, amazing and, you know, full kudos. But even then, it was his suicide attempt 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Um, but I get that. I mean, and you don't want your health professionals to be... Well, you, you know... On, you don't not that you expect them to be involved you know I disagree look I, 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 I hear what you're saying and a lo- and 90% of doctors would agree with you they say it's boundaries the moment you start talking about it you're turning the consultation into a conversation about yeah, yourself rather than about your patient and they believe that it's very important to be like a brick wall sort of thing hang especially on mate, can I just separate there's two there's two different things I come to you as a patient to a psychiatrist I don't want to hear that you're depressed mm. yeah but I listen to um, Steve on the radio or at a medical conference or somewhere yeah. and prepared to say, I also suffer depression. But I 100% think that's fantastic. Yeah, but, but he's potentially somebody's doctor in the audience. Yeah, but they're yeah. not in a consult. Yeah, but I the clinician will worry, as you're pointing out, Shane. The clinician will worry that it'll filter in inadvertently into the consultation and it'll change the patient's behaviour, 
even subconsciously. Well, I think you should be able now, to manage that. But and it's changed a lot. Though. I agree. I yeah. agree with you one hundred percent. And in the last ten years, lots of doctors now do it. Not just mental health, but in particular physical. You know, they'll say, yeah. "Oh yeah, I got diabetes too," and it's really hard. I agree, it's hard to be on the diet. But this mm. is this trick has worked for me. Mm. So yeah, a lot of and a lot of family doctors traditionally shared a little bit mm. about their only family, yeah, their family. Evidence. Yeah, it's and so I do it in. I don't have a problem with go. it either. Because yeah. I just think same with you know the amount of barristers, magistrates psychiatrists, you know, medical professionals, really highly revered people who frankly are killing themselves or, mm. or suffering, that is ridiculous. It doesn't yep. need to happen. And it also lets people like me and other people who've been diagnosed with um, depression or anxiety look at someone like you and go, he's all right. And it's yeah. right, like yeah. your life's good. But it's good for the other professionals too because so. part of the problem with stigma is a lot of um, healthcare workers perpetuate it yeah. through their own language. They, they sit do. around at the nurse's I've station and they say, you know, have you seen the old diabetic out there? Oh, he's a bit nuts. You know, I reckon yeah. he's got this, he's got that. Mm. And then, you know, it filters out because then they go to a dinner party that night That's and right. they say, oh, God, I had a nutty one today. Yeah. And so a lot of the stigma yeah, comes right. from professionals. And so by sh- sharing the stories, they gradually realise that when they sit there and say that, Mm. Two or three people in the room mm. have experienced that and they're insulting people and, right. and it, it basically opens it all up. And I, So I think it's improving, but I agree with you, Nelly. It's just, you know, I... I like it. I like about, For every, you know, probably... You know, I see so many health... Uh, so many professionals, doctors, lawyers, everything with mental health problems and still only probably about one in ten tell anyone. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying wow. it was right. I'm just saying I understood it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Now how the, did, how sorry, did the go. meeting with Catherine Devaney come about? Well, I, I um, lo- loved Catherine from her Green Guide days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the first thing I. She used to write a little column in the Green yeah, it was Guide. Great. It and was that was the first was thing we. Guest on up oh, the really? Class, by the way. Right. Yes. Well, I read that. You know, we all did. That was the first thing we opened when we got the age yeah. every Thursday for years. Funny. And then, so I always knew who she was. And then one day, how did it work? Oh, one day I saw she was giving a talk, at, you know, one of those free talks at one of the libraries in the city. So I went along and watched that, and she was flogging off a couple of her books afterwards. And so I went outside and <laughs> bought <laughs> like a couple. Like the good working class yeah. girl she is. Yeah, she, she's, she's, no shame. Yeah. Hustling. Yeah, she's such a hustler uh, in a good way. And yeah. uh, and uh, and I'd seen she ran a writing course, and at the time I was trying to flick from academic writing to general public writing, and they're different skill sets, mm. totally different mm. skill sets. Mm. And so I thought, oh, I'll go and do a course, but it was full out up. Anyway, cut a long story short, I went up to her and said, oh, your course is full up. And she uh, said, oh, I'll let you in. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I you know, coughed up, yeah, coughed up my 280 bucks. And along I went and uh, I thought she was so good. I said, well, you be my, like my writing mentor. And I paid her to do that for a couple of sessions. I only told her this recently. I didn't think, anyway. Um, and then we changed. I quit doing that and we became mates. Ah, wow. And then when I was writing the book, I started writing that book. She was encouraging me in that sort of writing mentor role to write that book. And funnily enough, like about a third of the mental, it's called, it's about mental health. Everything you never knew you needed to know about mental health. And about a third of the way in, I was chatting to one of my mates who's a director of psychiatry, also working class background, migrant guy. And uh, we were were good mates. We've been mates since uni. And... uh, I was telling him, he's saying, how's the book going? Ah, da, 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 da. And he says, are you writing it with anyone? And I said, nah, I'm just doing it by myself. He said, you you haven't got a consumer perspective. And I said, nah, nah, I'm just doing it by myself. And he said, I just think it's such bullshit writing anything 
from an academic perspective these days unless you partner up with the consumer. Agreed. No one wants to hear another academic uh, talking true. about shit. Well done. And he, he was the one who, and I, it was like a light bulb Tell moment. I'm sitting really there thinking. going, oh, yeah. that is so true. Yeah. And then we started brainstorming consumers who, who we thought had writing experience. And I wandered out of his office because he's a director of psychiatry in a big hospital. And I, was, I remember wandering out of his office thinking, and then I thought, Catherine has had mental illness on and off her whole life. Yeah. And I rang her immediately and said, hey, do you want to partner up? And she said, yep, no worries, it's on, <laughs> in her typical style. And uh, so she Let's partnered up from then on. Yeah. Now, yeah. can I ask you quite a technical question? Do you think that there are class biases in uh, diagnostic tools? Oh, yeah. So, like yeah, I, I, well, example? I shared an article just the other day from The Conversation, which is an academic news website, yes. from yeah. a US author yeah. saying that basically said that 95% of all studies in behavioural science, which is sort of the broader scientific yeah. aspect of psychology, are, um, are conducted in Middle what class. are known as WEIRD. And WEIRD was an acronym for wealthy, educated, intelligent. Yeah. It was middle class white people. I forget mm. how it worked. Mm. But and they'd, they'd analysed <laughs> all of these studies. Um, and all the big studies about um, psychology and psychiatry yeah. come from studies in, and mainly males, yeah. um, white educated males. And so they're completely biased. Yeah. And uh, of course, the concepts that, you know, psychiatry psychology is really in yeah. its current form only been about for 100 years and really has only been mildly sophisticated for about 30 years. And, you know, really, it's but it so pit, far behind but it, the eight ball. It pits itself as a science as being neutral. And of course, it can't be neutral. Like if someone, the, the patient you were talking about before, where we painted a stereotypical picture of, you know, someone who's got coke in the bottle and the, you know, missing teeth and the whatever, that yeah. your doctors find hard, that person comes into, if they can afford it, into a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Their cultural experiences are so radically different to the person who is asking them to assess yep. their emotional response to their environment. Yep. That has to have a class dimension, doesn't it? Oh, I uh, I agree. The only caveat I'd say is name me something that doesn't. That doesn't, You know, who totally. writes books? People who write oh, books absolutely. are people who can afford yeah. to take six to 12 months off work. But if it's hidden, I mean, if it's conscious, that's one thing. Yeah. Like if, cool. if, the, if the diagnoser yep. is conscious of their own bias, mm. whether it's gender, class, right, whatever it is, that's one thing. But if it's just assumed this is what's normal. Yeah. And normal is infused with a very middle-class yeah. inflection. Oh, I see it all the time. The most classic place I see it is with drugs and alcohol, where gonna, someone will present. Saving. Yeah, you, you see gambling. Yeah, but no, you'll see it particularly with drugs and alcohol because you know the um, you know the doctor who you know has come from a fancy family and they might have a glass of share. I don't know what mm. they're doing there. Yeah. Privacy of their own <laughs> mansions, but um, yeah, but yes, they exactly. will hear you know the patient's drinking this much beer or you know yeah. has the odd joint and stuff like that, and they'll phrase it as some sort of drug and alcohol problem whereas so if people in the room from working class background will go ah that was last weekend yeah. um, turn it up you know because yeah. Yeah, right. you know, I know people who've yeah. been diagnosed as having alcoholism don't aren't yeah. alcoholics yeah. They're, and they're yeah. not thinking about it in cultural terms they're thinking about it in number terms yeah, or their own you know terms. the scientific body says X number of drinks a day <laughs> yeah. is this that and the other whereas you know I mean and they understand the problems differently. I agree. Mm. But and the amount yeah. that the middle class are drinking and then, say, the discussions around gambling addiction, around the yep. ice epidemic, around things like that, and you think 
Let's talk about prescription drug use amongst middle class. Let's talk about wine. Alcohol use. Just wine amongst Just parents. Wine, but mm, it's normal yeah. in middle class to you know take Valium or yep. you know drink champagne or whatever. Mm. But it's there's a judgment overlaid that one's mentally unwell and one isn't. Oh yeah, entirely. Yeah, entirely. Um, and it's I think the same goes for a lot of physical illnesses too. You know, it, there's a lot of judgment, and I don't. Food. I think it's just hard food, to yeah. hard to distinguish food. it. Boobs. <laughs> I said food. Boobs. I said food. My hearing's bad. Food and weight, oh, and yeah. we've talked about yes. this already. But the the stuff involved in that that mm. discussion and exercise, and th- there's so much class bias in those discussions as oh. well. Oh yeah. yeah. Are you a Sopranos fan? Sopranos? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Sopranos. Sorry, that was not a very random thought. That was a very random thought. Oh, the psychiatrist element. Yeah, but I'm a TV addict through and through and absolutely proud of it. You know, nothing shits me more than someone proudly saying I don't have a TV in the house. Well, fuck you. I hate have a TV in the house. That, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, but what, yeah. Do they, what do they watch on their phone and computer? Yeah, TV. Right. Even or people who don't have a or TV whatever in their they, bedroom. Yeah. They watch yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah that's the You know, my most proudest achievement was having seven TVs at one stage in my life. These days, of course, because of the computer. <laughs> well, that was pre-computed. So I had one in, you know, like I had a beach house. This was when I was Hang married. On. Business class flying, beach house, yeah, well, I'm rich TVs. Now. I, I, will you marry me? <laughs> yeah, but it's, I'm <laughs> divorced now. No, but I'm divorced yeah, now, so yeah. I'm no longer rich. Well, so am I. But when I was married, the beach house wasn't <laughs> no, fancy. But like, we in, so had TV in the bedroom, lounge room, beach house, be- bedroom, lounge room at home, you know, spare one in the study, little one in front of the exercise bike. You know, and I had seven at one stage. Now, of course, we've got computers, so we just take but it everywhere. But you got yeah. shit, didn't you? And you two might not know Everyone this, used the, to the laugh. the TV show yeah. that you did was, you know, it's reality TV. Oh, yeah. It's like it's on SBS. Like, you can't yeah. get any more wanky reality TV than no, that. No, you it's can't. It's for our reality. Yeah. But do you oh. like reality TV? Oh, I love it. Oh, what's yeah. your favourite? Well, you're going to kill me on this one, but my favourite is... Of Orange County. No, 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 my favourite is still um, Big Brother. Ah, oh, series one. On anymore. For Would me, you that go was on just, it? Oh, you I thought about Survivor. that. I thought of that every night for ten years. Um, yeah, <laughs> you I would. Could go on Survivor. Would go on. Yeah. Why don't we put you forward for Survivor? Because I like food too much, and yeah, I don't like same. I don't like spiders. I'm okay with snakes. What about the Bachelor? Imagine that. It would throw me off immediately. No, I, no well, it'd be a yeah, yeah a different be, t- type of Bachelor. What else could he go on? I want huh. to show. What would I, I go on? What about, what about go, go Back to Where You Came From? One of those oh, shows yeah, that Devney did. I'd do any of those ones. Michelle I'd do, Laurie. I'd Michelle Laurie one. But the reality is, of course, I'd do anything for attention. Mm. Okay. okay. So, you know, probably, on that That's note, why Big Brother. That's why <laughs> I love Big Brother. We should wind it up. I wouldn't want to poo in front of anyone, but that's a whole other discussion. Oh, yeah. Well, what about the yeah. one in the jungle? I've been asked to go on that one. Yeah, but you can, oh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I'm a celebrity. Get me oh. out of here. Oh, you'd be good on You would yeah, win that day. No, no, I don't want to go on. I can't be bothered. You know what your charity could be? Up your class. Up your class. Oh, my charity's going to be the Dave O'Neill Foundation. Yeah. How about that? This <laughs> <laughs> is going to be a bank account. <laughs> Well, raising a lot of money for the Dave O'Neill oh, Foundation. Professor. No, I can't be bothered going on those shows. One of my friends went on and just said it was horrible. Oh, yeah, it's like be being out. in prison. Well, they're going to chuck him with David there's, Oldfield. There's, well, also, there's think- nowhere to sit down, which is something that Fiona Lockham was pointing out. You either lie on the on the, the camp bed, or you s- sit on a log. Darling, oh. Fiona had a nap for ten weeks and then won. But yeah. like, the thing that gets me is, you know, you. 
it's such a good experience and a unique experience. Why would mm. you? You know, it's like if there's a roller coaster. Wh- of course, why you want to. Yeah. If I there's the opportunity to jump out of <laughs> yeah, a plane, no, why wouldn't you? No, you know, no thanks. No, no thanks. Yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> no thanks. Food. You've got a completely different. Yeah, they, they just get brown rice, and uh, and there's no breaks yeah, for. And unless you're a no. smoker, you, you get a break if you're a smoker. Oh, only if you bloody Shane Warne. Oh, and also, Nazine got breaks to pray five times a day. I was yeah, but say, doesn't smoke. But also, does he pray during in his normal life? Uh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I think he may have exaggerated his faith a bit to just get out of the camp. Well, I think so. You, yeah. I would. Yeah, name for that, where you trade off something like that faith trading one. I don't. Uh, no, I'm not having that for Nazim Hussein. And uh, I reckon on that note, because we've got to finish up a little bit off the rector, <laughs> Professor Steve Allen. What a delight to have you on up your class. Yeah, thanks. And we do love to see a good Franger boy make done good, well, whatever that means. You've done well for yourself. Thank you. Haven't you? <laughs> and last thoughts on whether or not we should be encouraging working class kids into medicine. Oh, 100%. Oh, it's such a good career. Yeah. You can do anything. You can travel business class. Yeah. Yeah. You don't pay for it yourself, of course. But um, yeah. no, no, <laughs> it's, a, it's a no-brainer. If you've got the opportunity to study something like medicine, you can work anywhere in the world. You can be scientific as humanities oriented. Yeah. You get to help people. They pay you for it, and there's a lot of really dedicated people in the field. So it's like the Holy Trinity, working with good people for a good cause, for good pay. For good money. And access to drugs. And access access to drugs. Now, before we leave, Shane, you've got a review um, to read out for us or two. Okay, from Eating a Bunning Sausage, we've got five stars, and the review is, for those who kept birds and maybe eat organic now, thanks for speaking my language. Oh, nice. Did you have birds in the house? That's one of our other questions. No. No birds. Oh, lucky we didn't yeah. ask that. Cat and dog. And Thank you very much, eating a bunning sausage. Thanks oh. for leaving yeah, your thanks. review. Yeah, oh, thanks. One more. Go one on. more. From Political Junkie mm. 8. My eyesight is great. Yep. Highly recommend this podcast, hosted by Nellie, Dave and Shane, which puts a class lens on its guests and all its discussion topics. Guaranteed fascinating episodes, which are always thought-provoking, refreshing to hear, class discussed so openly. Thanks, mate. There we go. And hands well, clapping emojis in three different. Well, it does terms. matter well, if you get reviews. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah, it pushes you further up the it charts. It pushes you further. We'll leave a review and uh, yeah. subscribe. Yeah, good on you. And thanks right, again, we'll see Steve. You, see you later. Cheers. Thanks. See you.